Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're so glad that you've decided to join us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm sitting across from my buddy, Stephen Cervantes. So how are you doing today? I am great. Blessed. Glad to be here. Thank you, brother. Yeah, well, listeners, um, we are always glad when you join us. Uh, just just as a reminder, you know, we are a listener-supported program. So what that means is the only way that you're actually seeing us or hearing us is because we have had partners that have come alongside and uh, joined us financially. Um, and so if you'd like to partner with us in that way, you can just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate button. Um, also, if you actually uh, um, download the podcast through Apple, um, like through their podcasts, you actually can see in our show notes each week that there is a um, link there that you can actually donate to the uh, ministry as well. But also one of the ways that you can really help us out, even if you can't financially um, donate, is by rating and reviewing the podcast. So if these have been helpful for you and you just feel like, man, I'd, I'd love to be able to give something back, that's an easy, free way yeah. for you to help because the more that we get positive reviews, the more that helps when people are searching for the kind of content that we're delivering. So just rate and review. Five stars. Just write five stars. Yeah, if if you don't like us, um, feel free to change the channel or <laughs> or call with us. the other guys. Like, yeah. like if you've got an issue with us, please reach out. We'd love to help yeah. if we can. So, Stephen, here, um, present. So we tried to get to this content in a previous program, Uh-oh. and uh, your brain just sort of exploded. <laughs> and before you knew it, we had a whole program of just your thoughts pouring out. So, do you want to try to get to what uh, we were we going to do, do here? the program this time? That would be good. So can I, is that the official handoff? I told John that I'm not jumping in on this one. As soon as you (laughs) hand it off, I'll take it. So I love journeying with the Father because uh, there's always a discovery. Father Abba always has something for you to learn. And if you would just treat him like Abba and walk with your Abba or your Papa and say, teach me something, Father, show me something. My heart is open. My mind is open. I want my will in line with your will, Father. Show me something. God is always giving me something, a question, something to pursue. And so my latest thing is, is how can I help you see yourself? Because I can see you. Right. And now let's put this in a context. Right. If you're in a relationship and you're talking to your spouse, you can see your spouse. You can see that they struggle and and they break down. They get mad. They get controlling and fearful. Ah, They get all this stuff. And I can see you going through emotional difficulty. But but the question I have is, how can I help you see you? Because when I try to bring it to your attention, you just get mad. Yeah. You attack back. You say, you're not perfect. It's like, no, no, I was just trying to show you. Can, can you see you? Can, can you look at you? And, I, and what am I talking about? How can I get you to see your emotional weaknesses is really what I'm talking about. How could I get you to see that so that you could live better personally enjoy your life more, let God transform that place, then I could be the beneficiary and the marriage could could grow off your growth. And then the kids and the family and the neighbors and the relatives, everybody could also enjoy that little transition. But the first step is seeing your own emotional weaknesses. And I think it's important as we as we go through this conversation today to to, to recognize 
while the primary context that we're probably going to be illustrating here is is a marriage relationship, mm-hmm. the principles that we're going to be outlining can be helpful in any relationship, a friendship, parent to their child, you know, uh, siblings. Yes. I mean, because this is really about uh, emotionally maturing, right? It's about being able to say, how do we how do we help someone else see something that they need to grow in? Yes. And then the other side of that is how do we receive that when uh, somebody is pointing, is pointing out, out that we right. got a blind spot? And so, uh, you know, you don't know if you don't know your emotional weaknesses, then you don't know where to do your emotional work, mm-hmm. right? And are you doing emotional work? See, I don't think most people know. They got a damaged emotional program. Right. Everybody picked up some poor programming in youth. And if you haven't gone back to review it, you're running a broken emotional program in adulthood. Mm -hmm. They got constructed in youth. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the the interesting thing to me, and this is why I think this conversation is important, think about it this way. If, um, if you grew up in a particular environment that helped shape that mm-hmm. programming of a, of a broken emotional system, how would you have knowledge mm-hmm. that that is a broken emotional system without some kind of outside information coming in to say, hey, you know what? The the water you've been swimming in is polluted. Mm. But if that's oh, the that's only water good. you've ever known, you're that's like, good. I don't know it's polluted because that's all I've ever known. So this is why this conversation is important. We need to realize, I mean, I think the first thing on the side of being able to receive this kind of information or receive this kind of correction is recognizing, like you said, we all have broken emotional systems. So right. the first thing I think that would be helpful is when somebody might come to us and say, hey, X, Y, or Z is really kind of unhealthy and not a good way to do certain things. Rather than just immediately being defensive, can we at least admit, well, if it's true that everyone has a broken emotional system, can I at least admit mine's mine's broken too, and maybe I could learn where it's broken? I love that. So first you're saying take ownership. Everybody's system is broken, and and some to a lesser degree, right? Think about how many people you know who have a lot of peace and joy in their lives. I mean, doesn't that seem to be the smaller percentage of people? Way smaller. Yeah. And then people are stressed or angry or tense or pushy or controlling or, you know, whatever they're doing. <clears throat> and and so people try to tell us, hey, hey, you know you're you're tense. Uh, I'm just joking with you, but you know you're kind of tense. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, they won't say it straight at you. Man, lighten up, man. You're all knotted up over there. No, hey, hey, you're a little tense. Knock it up. <laughs> they'll drop the message and they'll get out because they think you're going to slap them and blow at them or something, right? We, we hear it. We know it. But why do you think we don't want to take the, the feedback from others? You worry too much. You are not happy. Mm-hmm. You seem mad all the time. You know, you don't rest well. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, when you talk about tense, it made me think of how I like to tell people in a um, in a veiled way that they're too tense. <laughs> I'll love say, it. you're a teepee in a wigwam. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're a teepee. In a wigwam. You're too tense. 
<laughs> Excuse me. It's a bad joke. It's a dad joke, right? That is too bad. So this is COVID, and so I have my mask. And yeah, if you're you'll, watching, if you'll you wa- understand if you lived in 2020 COVID masks. Otherwise, but I keep mine. So if I cough, I'm going to cough into a mask so I don't share with my brother here. Yeah. So I'm sorry that my joke so, yeah. caused a coughing fit for <laughs> Starts you. Starts laughing. I start so, coughing. Yeah. No, but I think the other thing, too, is I think it's important to remember on the side of those who are seeing in others their weaknesses mm-hmm. and wanting to share that, it's also important for them to remember everybody has a broken emotional system. Uh, because I think that will help maybe the amen. the the, um, the desire to point out certain things. Mm-hmm. It will help to bring more empathy and compassion in yes. how you try to do that. Because if you're saying, if you're looking at this person and it's so obvious the things that are broken in their emotional system, but you're coming in a way that almost makes it seem like you don't have a broken emotional system, then you're not going to have much empathy or compassion for trying to help them. It'll That's, be more It'll be more of like, and I think this is what typically happens is sometimes when somebody is maybe trying to help, they need to be able to say, Am I trying to help or am I trying to get this person to look more like me in my broken emotional system? Mm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So so if your spouse comes to you and says, hey, lighten up, she's, you know she loves you and she cares and she's not the enemy, right? She's trying to deliver a message about the weakness of your programming coming out and it's hurting you and it's hurting me and it's hurting our conversation and, and we're sort of stuck right here. So so I love that you repeated that everyone has a broken emotional system. And number two is everyone is driven by their fears. Mm. Right? What is, we want to be loved, but but we don't all feel loved. Right? And then, and then, well, that was part of the programming of the broken emotional system, right? Because the fact that even if we had good parents, they were broken right. people. Yes. And so, therefore, th- that is going to have an effect on how we feel connected, mm-hmm. how we feel um, embraced, and, and whether we feel close emotionally or not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that is going to shape whether or not. Yes, but what is the fear? The fear is, <clears throat> I'm not going to be loved well. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be loved. And if you tell me something's wrong, you're going to step right on the fear that I'm not good and I'm not going to be loved. Mm-hmm. So I have to push you back from saying that. Oh, yeah. If you think about it, <clears throat> you know, if we think about, as we've been mentioning, everybody has a broken emotional system. Yes. And, and when you think about the fact that everyone also has a core fear, the, the thing that... W- automatically will be created in any broken emotional system are walls of defense. Yes, that'll come up. So to combine mm-hmm. all these things that you've said, when you when you recognize that we all have a deep intrinsic need to be loved. Yes, it's it. With this fear that I'm not good enough to be loved or and I won't be loved. I won't be loved. I won't be loved. Yes. Then it's easy to see how any kind of uh even warm invitation to change <laughs> something that is perceived as broken in me right. would immediately erect these walls. I mean, we and we. It's but amazing. wait, wait. It triggers the fear, and then the walls go up. 
Yeah, because it's it's t- at least from my perception, it's tapping in on the th- a threat to that deep need that I have to be loved. That deep fear, right? Yeah. And so, why do you throw up the wall? Because you, it's too painful for for me to be flawed and rejected and attacked. The irony to me <clears throat> is that um, the more we condition ourselves to throw up these walls, the more we are actually moving away from the possibility of being loved. And connected. That's right. We go back you know? into isolation and survival. So it's survival. like it compounds on itself. Exactly. And we get lonelier and lonelier. So when I remember how I started, how do I help you see yourself? Because the first thing you're going to say to me or the lie that you're going to use to fool yourself so you don't have to see yourself is this. Hey, I'm fine. What I'm doing is normal. There's nothing wrong with me. I know myself. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm normal. So when you tell me, hey, take a look at this weakness. Hey, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I'm normal. Well, it goes back to what I was saying about, well, if you have, you know, thinking of a, uh, you know, a fish that's raised in polluted water. <laughs> mm, that's a really good example. <laughs> it's like, well, hey, if, if, I've, if that's been my environment, I don't know anything other than that. Then if somebody comes in and says, hey, you know that water's polluted. It's like, hey, I'm fine. I'm normal. <laughs> This is a normal water. What are you talking about? And so in some ways, there is a there is a kind of truthfulness to what that person is saying re- related to normal. Yeah, that's true. But normal doesn't necessarily mean healthy or good or, you know, it's like just because something is normal to you doesn't mean that it's actually good for you. Mm. Just because, so another example might be, hey, it's normal that I eat, you know, five dozen eggs and three packs of bacon every day. Mm. Well, just because that's normal doesn't mean that when somebody comes in and says, you know, you're killing yourself by eating that much yeah. kind of food. Why? Well, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong with me. That's normal. I'm normal. It's fine. Everybody else. So we need to alone. we need to recognize that the normalness of our broken emotional. Oh my system, goodness, that's a great insight. Youth, that is your norm. Yeah, it doesn't that mean that because norm. it's normal, it's actually good for us. Yeah. And so we need to be at least open, and 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 I, that's where I think the person who's trying to help the the person see that um, we need to also remember we need to be creative and persistent in trying to help that person. In other words, if you just keep pounding the same, you're you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, right? And that person just says, "I'm normal, I'm normal, I'm normal." At some point, somebody's got a shift going on. Yeah, it's not good. So lie number one is this is the norm. I'm fine. Shut up. Don't tell me. So what's lie number two? Remember, how can I get you to see yourself? That's the question. I'm mm-hmm. I'm your friend, and I want to help you see yourself. The first thing you're going to tell me is lie number one. I'm normal. It's fine. Nothing wrong. So what's lie number two? Lie number two is no one can help me. I know what to do. I just have to make this little change, and it's fine. It's no big deal. Nobody can help me. I have to do this myself. Nobody can help me. I'll do it. It'll be fine. Right? You hear right in there, there's something where we say, I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need, I know what to do. Well, you know, it's interesting as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, okay, let's go back to childhood and how this broken emotional system was being programmed. Okay. Um, and the natural response then to build walls, right? Because we're saying, hey, I, I need to be loved. I'm afraid that I won't be loved, so I've got to build these walls. Well, the interesting thing to me about this is that that can feel noble and right mm-hmm. and good, but actually, do you know what it's doing? It's growing a sense of pride. 
This idea that no one can help me. I'm almost saying I can do this on my own. Yes. That is core to the broken emotional mm. system because, because Stephen, what is emotional health and emotional maturity? It's deep connection with other people. It's vulnerable connection with those who love you. It's it's an openness. It's an yes. honesty. It's a transparency. Yes. And so therefore, we don't. We may. It may not feel like the way we think pride manifests because we often think of pride as really just kind of arrogant and really bombastic, you know, and things like that. Whereas this is a kind of pride that can feel, it feels uh, uh, kind of weak. It feels small. It feels like I'm just trying to protect myself. When in fact, mm. you're actually and saying- And control it and myself and do it. I don't need outside. It's right. You're saying I'm going to, this little system has the ability to do whatever the little system needs. Yeah. It's kind of like, <clears throat> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I can take care of it on my own. Right. And- and it feels it feels like we're actually trying to protect our hearts, protect ourselves again from that those fears. But it's actually it's doing the very opposite thing of what our emotional system needs, which is vulnerable dialogue and and transparent connection with others. Yes. So there are two possible responses when you're emotionally challenged, and you're unaware, and it surprises you, and somebody comes at you and says, "Hey, you know, you have this weakness." Either you defend yourself and you dismiss the challenger or you deflect, right? You say, you too, you got weaknesses too, right? Right. But you, you have to defend and hold on, right? And not let whatever that is that your spouse or friend wants to address in you, you just, you, you brush them off. Number one. Or number two, you listen because you've shifted into a learning and open and growing mode. And so why is this helpful? Because we go to our friend, our spouse, and we make the presentation, and they escalate their tone. They get loud. Their face gets red. They get tense. They defend. And, and you know you hit that resistance, right? Versus a heart that says, well, okay, yeah, I don't, I, yes, I get tense, but I don't know why I get tense. I, I wonder why I get tense. When, when, when I hear your disapproval, I start to get tense and scared, and I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to start paying attention to me more. That, that's a good observation, and that's a very healthy response. I'm going to go pray about it. I'm going to think about it, you know. I know your heart is good, and you're trying to help me. Yeah, and what I would say is, is um, there's, uh, there's really soft edges to, to the second response. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> I think what you just stated kind of as an illustration was like, man, the ideal listening response. No, that's right. Absolutely. There's a whole lot of other room before a person gets <laughs> to that response. In other words, I think there's a whole lot of other ways that listening could manifest before maybe they've just got this ultra soft heart and they're really open and they're really ready for change. But there could be something of saying, you know, maybe there's still a little bit of pushback, but they're saying something like, I hear you, but let me think on it for a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So or go slow. Any, any kind is, of yeah. response that's open, the person who is seeking to help that person um, take that and be patient with it. In other words, sometimes what happens is a person says, "Hey, do you re- do you notice that the, do you realize that when you do this, man, anger just flies up in you and that's really unhealthy." And if that person says, "Well, yeah, I do kind of recognize that, but can I can I just kind of think about that for a little bit?" 
that's not the time for the other person to say, but I've got 17 things that I really want to help you, yeah. you know, show you how no, to That's do. right. So take every little opening. Slow. Uh, with With little mini celebrations and be slow and patient. With <laughs> yeah, it, you know? that's it. Because I think it's also a God moment for someone just to say, yeah, I do struggle with that. Then just stop. Don't, don't do the next thing. Let the Lord work on that heart, right? Because that is huge. And that's what your point is, small steps, right? And I think one other thing uh, about that from the, per- the perspective of the one who's trying to help the other person see themselves is for every little opening of vulnerability, every little opening of, of wanting to listen and maybe think about growth and change, um, express some form of gratitude for that person being yeah. willing to say that. So even if they say, listen, listen, actually, you know what? I know, I know, but can I just, I, I'm trying to work through this. Yeah. Even if they respond like that, but there's a little crack of opening there to say, I really appreciate you saying that you want to work on this. That really means a lot to me. And See, then just leave it. And that's the connection, know? right? That's yeah. a huge relational connection right there. Because remember, what's driving the fear is if I have the flaw and I admit the flaw and you see the flaw, you're not going to love me. Right. And you say something, but you know, you're flawed and I still love you. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. You got you got deep inside me with that. So, so we're talking to two people. <clears throat> we're talking about emotional awareness of weaknesses. And why do they keep going? And why don't we just work on our weaknesses and get past them? Because that's really what the gospel calls us to do is be transformed and that's why he so jesus so patiently waited and walked along with his disciples and they messed up and he he didn't go oh my goodness you don't get it you guys are stupid he said no no we're going to walk and we're going to talk and i'm going to teach you better ways so that's my little attempted Dumping Jesus in our conversation. Because if you were listening to the podcast last time, I said, I'm going to say Jesus more. Did you catch it? I just, exactly. I just yeah. threw a little Jesus in there. Okay. So either you are asleep and you don't understand this conversation at all, and you're oblivious and you're going, emotional weaknesses have to grow. My spouse can see them. They point them out. They say, hey, why don't you work on that? There's a doorway to your soul. And I just get mad. It's like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And you're asleep or you're engaged on, the, on this mission called life. And, and I've been thinking about this. If, if, remember, we talked about the power of purpose, right? And we are called for love and we are made for love and we're made out of love and we're made to love. So what, what is our mission? Our mission is to love our God well. Number one, to walk in that love. Let it just flow on us and in us and through us and and let it clean up all the chaos in us. Let us be people that know love deeply so that I love my my heavenly father well and I receive his love so well it transforms you so, so that I know love. I walk in love. I love with the love of Christ. Even myself, I love. And then when... Love God, have a a healthy God love for self. And number three, let the love flow out Mm -hmm. so that we reflect Abba and love and oneness and union. So what I love about this is this this pulls the two people that we've been talking about into the same community. And what I mean by that is the person who is, you know, um, trying to help 
the, the person that they love to point out things that they need to see in themselves. Also the person that needs to see those things about their broken emotional system. Mm-hmm. What I love about this is this pulls them into the same community because they both need the same thing here. They both need to love God, to love themselves and to love others. Yeah. So going all the way back to what we said at the beginning about how everybody has a broken emotional system. <laughs> That's right. It's good to also say here that everybody has these same, same three deep needs in their life. The need three to, missions. Three, three missions, missions. That right. we need to love God Amen. with all our heart, soul, mind, and That's strength right. and love our neighbor as ourselves. So there's a there's a healthy kind of self-love through that love that God has placed on us. And I love that it came out of your mouth, love yourself, because we have taught you hate yourself. Yeah. You know, if you're a Christian, you you die to yourself. Yourself doesn't matter. You're a zero. You're nothing. Others and then at the bottom list is you. And well, it's like missing... how does that how does that show the love of the Father if it doesn't even live in you? Well, that's just it. We 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 misuse and misinterpret passages where Jesus says, you know, um deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. We say, See, deny yourself. And it's like unless you look at the context there and say, what is he talking about? What in you is he saying to deny? Those parts of you that want to rebel against him, those parts mm. of you that are sinfully rebellious right. and, and want to do evil rather than good. He's saying that's what you have to deny. He, if he was saying deny yourself in a way that says hate yourself yeah. in terms of like having some kind of malicious intent towards yourself, then actually the cross makes no sense. For God so loved you. Amen, amen. So deny the emotionally sick parts of yourself. Deny them. They're taking you away from healthy relationships and away from that love. Yes, and from my love. Deny those things and walk in the fullness of my love. So look at how these three missions, this love of God, love of self, and love of others, can actually impact these conversations to try to help one another see the things that are broken in each of us so that we can try to help that person see themselves. If you know that your mission is, I'm, I'm here to love God and to have that healthy self-love and to, to love others, when you are seeking to point out something in a, in, a, in a brother or sister in Christ or another person that is struggling in their broken emotional system, are you going to do that in such a way that you're trying to form words that are going to harm, that no. are going to hurt, that are going to tear down? No, no you're going to say, Man, I love you. Can I tell you about how much God loves me? And how he transformed And how broken me. I am and how he... And he set me free in the power of the freedom. You're in the trap. I see you're, tra- you're trapped by your emotional program. And I I've been transformed. I've yeah. been transformed. So the idea is your, your comments towards that person are born out of love. Yes. And therefore, they're, they're from this position of saying, I'm not here to harm you. I want to help you. Right. And the power of your freedom and the intensity of your love... And the clarity of your new program, the the transformation is from the old program to the new program. This is, I'm a child of God. I am so loved and forgiven. And even if I mess up, I run to Abba and say, I messed up, Father. And he goes, man, I'm glad you're back. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you're home. This is where you belong. I have no condemnation for you. Every time you show up, I pick, I choose love. Oh, you made a mess? I choose love. Oh, you've been off? Oh, I, I'm love. Okay, go ahead. Give me whatever you got. You're mad? I'm love. Go ahead. You, you think you're in control? Great. I'm love. Okay, what you got? Bring it. Because I only have one response, that I'm going to walk in love, and we're going to walk in love, and I'm going to practice love, and I got love for you. And, and obviously, the greatest example of, of how to do this well was uh, Jesus, 
How many times in his ministry was he showing people and pointing out the weaknesses and the brokenness in their emotional system and their way of doing things? And in some cases, guess what? Based on the demeanor of the individual, the words were cutting. Mm. They were they were harder the words. Pharisees and Sadducees. Mm. But you know what? Um, <clears throat> I think of Peter on the beach after Jesus had risen from the dead, and he says, "Peter, do you love me?" Yeah. Like it was probably a hard word for Peter to receive, but it was it was delivered in a way that he's saying, "I got a mission for you." I need to mm. I need to get some of these things that are still confused in your mind and in mm. your heart. We need to get those things cleaned up so that the mission that I've called you to, you can do with boldness and confidence and guess what? Peter, this, you know, burly calloused hand fisherman yeah. was the first preacher in the first church who stood up and in a 3-minute sermon, 3,000 3, people came to Christ. Mm. You want to talk about like there were things that were dealt in his broken system that through the touch of Jesus and being able to say, I'm going to point this out in you because you did betray me in my greatest time of need. And I'm not going to ignore that, but I'm also not going to crush you by it. And I think that's a huge uh, reminder to us of how we should deliver these kind of conversations. But great job. uh, Thank you folks for listening. What I would love for you guys to do is, is, is reach out to us because I'm sure as we've been talking here, there have been, maybe thoughts or even um, examples in your own life and from your own story of how this maybe has manifest and what's went well and what's went poorly. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you. So either you can email us at my point at puresexradio.com and kind of just share, hey, how have how have these kind of conversations gone? What have you learned from what we've been talking about here? How would you maybe, uh, what are some tips that you would even give us in terms of how you would go about these conversations? Uh, or you can certainly um, make those comments uh, through our Twitter, Twitter feed at puresexradio. But we have, uh, we're glad that you've been with us, and we do look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.